from Zamo Digital, welcome to the SaaS Marketing Superstars Podcast with your host, Aaron Sikowski. This is the show where we uncover proven growth strategies from CMOs and marketing leaders behind some of the fastest growing SaaS companies. Hey, superstars. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Aaron Zikowski, and today I'm chatting with Matt Wallach. Matt is a B2B SaaS sales coach at Exilus, where he helps B2B SaaS companies learn and implement the proper framework for closing more deals and scaling their growth. Hey, Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Aaron. How are you? I'm doing great. Super excited to have you on the show. I know uh, you've got a lot of uh, sales wisdom to share. So we'd love for you to just start off and maybe introduce yourself and, and tell the audience a little bit about what you do. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I do a couple things. I'm a B2B SaaS coach. I work with software leaders to help them understand how to put in the right processes and formulas in order to scale their company and really achieve their dreams. I also have a software company myself. Uh, I've had a few in the past and I was able to build them up, grow them, scale them, and exit them. Very fortunate. But uh, now I have another one looking to do the same thing. And so I, I live and breathe within the SaaS world and I love anything growth, marketing, sales, all of it. I just want to uh, learn from as many people as I can, like yourself, and see what I can apply for myself and my clients. Fantastic. And, and my understanding is that you've actually got a, a large coaching program with a number of B2B SaaS companies that, that come to you and work within your program for, for, for sales training. Is that right? I do. 250 some software companies from around the world uh, work with me to really understand how to make sure that they can implement the right process for generating leads, closing deals, and uh, really scaling their team so that they can have that awesome big business and then eventually exit it. Okay. Now, now I know within that that program that you have, you, you've got certain um, frameworks and, and, and roadmaps, blueprints, so to speak. Can you, can you share some of the, the processes that you teach with us? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think one of the one of the main ones that I touch on is there's a couple big ones, but one is there's four pillars to scaling a software company. There's four things that you absolutely must do. And the reason I call them pillars is because if you're missing any one of them, it's like your foundation crumbles. You have to have all four in order for it to work. So number one is attract, obviously lead gen, something you're awesome at Aaron, uh, something that you need to be able to understand how to drive leads and generate a bunch of different, uh, uh, people coming to your pipeline and a lot of interest. They've got to know about your product. They've got to understand what your product could potentially do for them. So attract is the first pillar. The second one is engage. Once they've seen your stuff, once they maybe see your ad or they look at one of your blog articles or they see your post, they have to feel that that need they have to feel compelled to engage with you and so a lot of software companies don't think of this one they forget it completely which is mm -hmm. disappointing because if you can get them more engaged and more understanding about your product more connected to your brand and even yourself they're going to be much more likely to close and that is the next pillar number three is close Closing is all about specific tactics and techniques. It's very scientific, very specific things that you can do before, during, and after a sales interaction or a call or a demo. And you got to make sure that the entire time you're focused around getting them the understanding that this is the product for them. And then the last one would be scale. So once you've done those things, you've attracted, you've engaged, you've been able to close, you got to know how you can scale and scale the team and, and get that company where it's got to be. So those are the four pillars. For me, I was super struggling before I understood this concept. Once we put this type of stuff in place and once we started to uh, really live it, we took off and scaled quite big. Fantastic. So 
I'm going to focus a little bit some of my questioning on, on, on the middle pieces of, of those pillars that they engage in the close. Because if anyone's been following my information and my content for a while, we talk a lot about attract and paid ads and that type of stuff. Uh, if anybody is at the scaling stage, I'm just going to say, you know, go work with Matt and he's, he's going to help you kind of implement that stuff. But but I guess we're working with clients, doing a lot of paid ads in the B2B space. You know, we generate a lot of traffic to our clients' websites. We generate a lot of leads. Sometimes there's a challenge from, from the client's point of view of engaging those people, those leads that come through, you know, nurturing them, I sometimes call it, um, to the point where like they've they've interacted, they, they maybe know you, but they don't like and trust you yet in terms of wanting to do business, right? So, so what, what, how do you teach your students in terms of how to, you know, work on that engage piece to get people to ultimately, you know, not just fill a lead form, but, you know, show up for those calls, interact with the brand and ultimately want to go towards the, the close and sales step? Yeah, excellent question, because it's definitely something that's super important. And a lot of times we we don't think about how we can do that. Uh, engaging is is critical. And one of the things that's really important, if, especially if you're starting to think, and a lot of people might uh, go back to some of their marketing training if they've had it, is you've got top of funnel, middle of funnel, and bottom of funnel stuff. And unless we start to get really intentional on thinking about where each of our you know, marketing facets are located, we might just throw stuff out and hope that whatever we throw out sticks. But there's different things we need to do at the top of funnel, which means people who are just getting to know you, just understanding that maybe they have a problem, they're just starting to learn about you or your product, they don't quite know even if they want to make a decision or even if they want anything just yet. Middle of funnel would be, okay, they're starting to realize they've got a real problem, they need a solution, maybe it's you, and they're really starting to get serious. And then bottom of funnel is obviously where they're really thinking it's you, they want to close or they're thinking about closing or thinking about starting with you. And so uh, understanding the differences at each stage is important. And obviously you can design, uh, Aaron will tell you, ads around each different stage. You can design content around each different stage and also some of the engaging things. So uh, for example, the, the SaaS company that I have, Ringbot, is a text solution, an SMS solution that people can use to broadcast uh, messages to multiple people. But also one of the cool things that helps with Engage is there's a widget that goes on the website and a little widget in the corner and it pops up and says, hey, do you need any help? And a lot of times people are, that are in that top or middle of the funnel and sometimes even bottom of the funnel have questions. They don't know where to turn. They don't know who to go to. And on the website, it says, oh, book a call. But maybe they're not ready for a call. Maybe they just have a little quick question and they need some help. And I think that's one of the biggest pieces of my training overall. If you talk to some of my clients, they'll say, Matt, what's the, you know, what's the overall theme? My theme is help, don't sell. If you can help your market and help your buyers a lot, they're going to want to buy from you. <laughs> you don't even have to sell. You don't even have to do that. You just make sure that you are understanding what their needs are, what their challenges are, and what their goals are, and help them overcome those challenges and reach those goals they're going to love you and they're going to want to buy from you. And so that's kind of my thing in terms of engage, continue to help them understand at the top of funnel. Yes, there's a problem. Middle of funnel. We are the answer to your problem. Bottom of funnel, make a decision right now. Uh, so, so it sounds like on the engage part, it, it's trying to create as many, you know, helpful and positive touch points for the user as possible, whether it sounds like on the website, via social media, maybe retargeting ads, email, everything else, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And having it be a coordinated effort instead of just like, hey, let's hopefully we throw a bunch of things out and hopefully something works. Um, and another thing you mentioned earlier, you said a, a really important word that's really critical in sales and that's trust. 
And one of the best ways for people to trust you is to see proof. And proof is so powerful. And what I'm talking about in proof is other people have worked with you. Other people have bought your product, used your service and gotten success. And so if that's happened for you, you must shout that to the world. You must have those, those stories as put them up on your website. And a lot of people just put a testimonial, please, please, please film videos with your best customers. Videos are so much more powerful and so much more believable that they actually happen. Anybody can just write a few words and say that somebody said it. That's not really believable. And in fact, psychologically, viewers on your website won't necessarily understand or won't believe that that's real. But as soon as they see a video and they watch a little five to 10 minute thing of somebody saying, this product's incredible, it's completely changed our business, saved our life, yada, yada. That is amazing. And the studies have shown that the more you have, the more people will trust you. And in fact, they don't even watch them. So on mine, for example, on my uh, website, mattwallach.com slash reviews, we have like 30 or something videos up there. And people mm -hmm. are like, well, maybe you don't even need to film anymore. I'm like, I continue to film them because the more you have, the more people are like, yes, this definitely must work. And I can tell you a lot of people come to me before they even want to, you know, even learn from me. And we haven't even gone into sales calls. Like we want to work with you because we've just seen it works for everybody else. And it's so powerful to build that trust that way. Getting that trust in their mind is, is key and having proof of other people of what you've helped, who you've helped and how you've helped is key. So it sounds like, you know, there's no such thing as too many reviews. You know, I, I know people say, oh, we've got five, we've got 10 reviews on the website. You know, we should be good, but don't stop there. Definitely don't stop there because first of all, reviews have to be relevant. Testimonials have to be relevant. And also with these, by the way, these same types of things that you're getting good, positive results. I teach my clients to use them as stories within your sales interactions In your demos. It should absolutely be a story. If somebody told you that this feature saved their life and was great. Awesome. Every time you show that feature, you should talk about how that person had a tough experience before they came to you use this. And now they're amazing. And it's, it's, it's in terms of all of the different testimonies, like you said, Aaron, it's relevance that matters. So some companies are going to be huge. Don't tell them a story about this mom and pop two person operation down the street that did great with you. Coca-Cola that you're trying to sell to, they won't care and vice versa. If you did happen to sell Coca-Cola and you've got some three person organization, you're now trying to close. Don't tell them a story about Coca-Cola. They won't care. And they might think that you're too big for them. Right. You have to make it relevant and not just in size geography helps the challenges that they're facing, the specific problems that they're going through. That's how you can also correlate relevance. So find stories in, in abundance so that anytime something happens with anybody you're trying to work with, you have a story, you have a testimony, you have something ready to go that you can share with them. I love that. Um, and, and, and I think that use of stories and reviews as part of the, uh, the sales or demo process is, is probably a good segue um, talking about the close pillar, right? Um, you, you mentioned before that there, there's a number of critical steps or, or, or pieces that somebody needs within that sales process. Once you have somebody, I guess, who's, who's scheduled a call and coming on your, your demo, your sales call, um, tell us a few, a few ideas about, you know, what should somebody have in order to, to close more deals? 
Yeah. So let's talk about that. First of all, there's several pieces that we need before the call to kind of get them warmed up for the call. There's things we can do on the call to make sure that they are super emotional. And by the way, that's how you get your buyers taking action quickly is being emotional on those calls and then things we need to do after the call so that they can take steps towards action. But let's, there's a lot of around that. So let's just focus on the call because that call is really critical. There's a process that I have that uh, Aaron, I think you've seen, it's called the perfect deal process. And I developed this in my first software company because I was struggling closing demos. I was doing all these demos. They weren't closing. I was like, what's going on? So I really did a lot of work to put together this process and create something that would work. And the perfect deal process, DEAL is an acronym, D-E-A-L. And you have to do each of these things within the call in order for it to work. So number one, D is discover. You have to discover all about your prospect. Now, some people call this qualification. Some people call it needs analysis. There's a few names for it, but discovery is critical. And really what it is, is learning and understanding all about your prospect and asking the right questions that gets you to realize exactly what their pain points are, exactly what the problems are, where they're struggling, and also exactly what they're trying to accomplish. And too many times people don't ask for goals and when they do they don't get specific on goals for example if you say hey what what are you what are your goals here oh we want to grow most people will accept that we want specific goals you want to grow well where are you now and where are you trying to get to we need to know exactly what they're going to accomplish because aaron if you went to work with somebody and you're like hey what are you trying to do with facebook ads and they're like oh we want to grow okay cool it doesn't really give you any guideline of what you need to do but they're like hey we're at two million dollars now we need to get to four million in a year Awesome. Let me see how I can accomplish that. Let me work backwards on how many ads we need, the budget we need, all that. It gives you so much more clarity. And something a lot of people don't think about, the if you have an exact goal, it makes it so much easier to follow up if they haven't signed up yet. A couple weeks later, you keep calling them, you check in with them, they're not signing up. You can go back to them and say, hey, you last time we spoke, you said you wanted to get to $4 million. Are you guys still on pace to get there or are you, still, are you a little behind? And it amazingly works so well like that. it triggers them saying oh no we are behind we we should get back into this conversation to start talking so yeah absolutely yeah. critical discover the 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 experts who can discover well get people crazy emotional one of my clients greg he came to me with a 1.9 percent close rate on his demos 1.9 that's like as low as it gets um and he said you're my last hope matt so we went through this process i taught him this perfect deal process walked him through exactly how to close within a call and he said that his discover got so good, just that phase, he got people so worked up and emotional that they were 80 to 90% closed before he even got to show his product. He hadn't even showed his product. In the discovery phase, he got them so worked up that they were so angry and they needed a solution. And it kind of, this is my, uh, I have a lot of analogies you will find, Aaron. And this is my desert analogy. So discovery, if you do it well, it's like somebody crawling through a desert. Okay. You're, you're, they're crawling there. It's like sun is beating them down. It's horrible. It's hot and they're drained of water. They're totally dehydrated. And all of a sudden somebody comes along and they say, Oh, did you need some water? Well, that person who's about to die and has a real problem here is not going to say, Oh, I do. But is that filtered water? Is that, is that Avion? Cause I only drink mountain spring water. Like, no, they're like, yeah, give it to me. I don't care. Where, like, I need that water right now. Mm-hmm. And that's what we can do. If we do discovery well enough and get them so realizing that they have a problem, then 
once they realize, oh, you have a product that's all this? Yes, let's go. Let's, let's do business. I want it. I need it now. And the best can do this really, really well. The thing I tell my clients is they should leave discovery, that phase, hating their problem much more than when they entered. Uh, a so lot of times they get on the call with you. They're like, yeah, yeah, we kind of want to solve this, want to figure this out. And they should leave saying, whoa, I cannot believe we're in this bad of shape. We got to rock and roll. Uh, so the discovery stage is, is kind of the agitation stage also. We want to learn what the situation is, but we kind of want to like dig that knife in a little bit and amplify the problem. Yeah, you exactly used one of my analogies. The knife analogy is a lot of times we like to pull the knife out in discovery and say, oh, I'm going to solve your problem. I'm going to save you. No, no, no. We need them to feel the pain. So instead of pulling the knife out, twist the knife, get them to really understand how bad the problem is, help them identify it, be their guide and say, hey, you've got a problem. Let's figure out the depth of the problem. How much are you wasting on this? How, much, how many hours are being spent trying to do this? How much are you losing by not solving this? And getting that gets them realizing, whoa, I had no idea how bad this was. And once they understand how bad it is, now they need to take action and find a solution. Right. So it's kind of a 180 of the way people thought about it before from for sure. From 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 uh telling them they could solve the problem to actually making the problem bigger for them. Yep, you're absolutely right. My client Greg, who was a 1.9% close rate, mm -hmm. he's now at 33% close rate. Insane growth. I think uh, most people would be pretty happy with that. Yeah, no kidding. And so the discovery stage, do you do that on the same call or is this kind of broken up in SDRs take a first stage of it and then you know you a sales exec should take the the next stage or are you dealing with companies where it's, you know, one salesperson or maybe even like the founder who's doing the sales process all in one call? Excellent question. It's actually case by case. It could be either yeah. or depending on your situation. There's a few different reasons why you might want to break it up. You would break it up, for example, if you have a giant sales effort and you have a lot of questions to get through in discovery and then a lot of stuff to show them in the demo, definitely break it up because otherwise you're gonna have a three hour call. And it's gonna be annoying. You also, if you're, if you're dealing with a lot of cold traffic, getting mm -hmm. cold traffic, maybe doing a lot of outbound, getting cold traffic to commit to a 60 minute, an hour long demo with you is kind of hard. But if you're like, Hey, let's just take 10 minutes. I just want to understand what you guys are doing and see if there's anything we can do to help. That's a lot easier of a sale. Yeah. Also, if a lot of your leads are bad leads and you disqualify them, then you don't want to book a whole hour out. Just book a 10 or 15 minute discovery and maybe disqualify half of them and then take the good ones into a next call and get them taken care of. So there's a few other reasons, but there's a lot of um, play with that. And it really depends case by case. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, let's keep going. So that, that was D in the deal system. What's the E? Uh, so E is educate. Once you've discovered them, now we want to educate them. There's a few things about this and educate actually happens across the entire call. It's not like there's time frame, but educate essentially means we want to help them understand that there is something happening in their industry. And this is really critical because if you think about it, a lot of times sellers, when you're trying to sell your product, or your service, you think, oh man, they might know more than me about this. Actually, not really because they're so tight and focused purely on their own company and what's going on there. But you are talking to many of these people across the entire spectrum of the industry. So you have a much better feel for what's going on in the industry than they do. And sometimes they don't even know it until you start to educate them. And one of the things we need to do is help them understand some trends that are happening or shifts that are happening within their industry or in culture overall that are causing things to kind of shift a little bit. And if they don't make this shift, if they don't make this transformation, then they're in trouble. And so what we want to do around educate is really bring up the idea of this transformation that's happening. Talk about the people and companies who are not making the shift and that they're struggling, they're losing business, losing revenue, losing employees, they had to lay off, whatever. 
And then we talk about the winners, those who have been able to make this shift and those are your clients and you can show the wins. So they're able to see, oh no, there's this big thing happening. People are losing, but also people are winning. I want to be on the winner's side. And if you can do this and educate, it's really powerful. Fantastic. Makes a lot of sense. So and that's E. A is next. Yep. A is associate. So now that we've learned about them, we've educated them. Now we want to associate. What that means is associate your product and your solution to their challenges. So if you can directly point to specific things within your product or your service that are going to solve their exact pain points, it's just such a natural connection for them. When you make it obvious that they've got a problem and then this is the solution, it tells them I need this thing and it creates a psychological response that they have to have it. And so associating is all about not having a very strict script, which a lot of people do, and they just go through the same thing every time. Mm -hmm. Guess what? There's some things in there that this buyer really doesn't care about, or they don't put a lot of weight on, even if it's kind of something that they might do, they don't really care about it too much. But there's other things that they really care about that you might breeze through because you don't have enough time because you talked about other stuff. We really want to hone in on the specific things that are their main concerns and make sure they understand that that will be completely eliminated, totally solved, and let's get to rocking this business. So Associate is all about connecting your answer, your solution to Mm -hmm. their problems. Uh Now, at what stage in that do you actually really bring in your solution? I guess, is is that the the Associate stage? Because, you know, discovery, you were learning about them, education, it sounded like you were just talking about the, the general you know, state of the market and, and as things relate to them and associated is where you would start introducing your solution. Is that correct? Exactly. That's where you do quote unquote, the demo. Now, a lot of people okay. say the whole thing is the demo. And actually one of my clients from Belgium, Bernard said, Matt, after working with you for so long, I've now realized that the demo is so much more than the demo. <laughs> and he's right. There's a lot of things we need to do other than just show our product, which is what most people do when they get into software. They, they think, oh, I just got to go show them the tool and that'll work. No, there's a lot outside of that that we've got to do. But you're absolutely right, Aaron. Actually showing the product, the demo, quote unquote, is in that associate phase. That's where we're able to say, look at this cool feature. This is solving that challenge that you had that you said you're really struggling with. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, I've got some questions that I'm thinking about already, but let, let's go through the full process. Let's hear what the L is. And then I'm going to come back at you with some, some questions from my experiences as being in sales. Awesome. So L is lead and not in terms of we need to generate leads. It's more in terms of you need to lead. You need to take charge. You need to be in control. So many times we're letting the buyer take control. We're just kind of saying, well, what do you want to do next? They don't know. They don't understand what the best way to buy your product or service is. They've never done it. Whereas you have, and you've worked with a lot of people and you've understood the right way to get all of this information you're trying to give to them. So you need to be in charge. You need to be the the one who's in control of the call and the entire process overall. And if you think about it, you would not like have a few too many cakes and ice creams during the holiday season and say, oh man, I'm, I'm getting too big. I need to go to a personal trainer. So you need to go get fit and work out. Well, you wouldn't go into the trainer on day one and say, okay, trainer, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to do some lifts over there. And then I'm going to do this little squat over here. No, the trainer's the expert. And they're the ones who are going to get your body fit. They're going to tell you what to do. And it's the same thing in this interaction. You are the guide. You're the consultant. Be that advisor and help them understand how they are going to solve their problem because they don't know. Even if they think they do, they don't. Be in control and take charge. 
and you will be wowed by how many people want to follow you. Love that. So, I mean, I'm already thinking about through our sales process for my agency, like how many ways we could apply this because this doesn't only apply to B2B SaaS or, or software, right? This applies to selling almost anything I would imagine, right? It absolutely does. So my yeah. uh, software product apply, it's basically targeted towards agencies. We have hundreds of agencies who use it and mm -hmm. I coach them on this as well. So those agencies use it very successfully. That's awesome. So, so one of the questions I have just, just thinking about sales, you know, they have the idea, you know, always be selling and, you know, you always want to have something to sell to everybody. One of the challenges I have in, in, in sales calls is, you know, I go through that discovery phase. I want to kind of be that consultant and make it a bit of a strategy call. And sometimes I feel like, you know what, maybe I'm not the right solution for you, or maybe you, you even do have the budget and you're qualified, but where you are, or what your budget is, or what your economics are, maybe my solution isn't best. And I almost sell myself out of deals sometimes, almost by, I feel being too honest or, or too straightforward, maybe not creative enough, I don't know, that uh, that I, I I reject deals when, and you know, it's obviously not a very good way to be a salesperson. What are your thoughts about that? Actually, it is an excellent way to be a salesperson, Aaron. You're ahead of the curve because most people aren't that good or that honest. And what they do is they try to force deals that shouldn't happen. So mm -hmm. there's a there's a term called an ICP, which I'm sure you're familiar with, which is an yeah. ideal customer profile. And what that means is this is the type of company that we want to work with. And you should understand this through working with a few companies and seeing what you like and what you don't like and what's good. This would be different size, different geography, uh, types of things they're working with, even types of systems they're working with or goals that they have. You figure out all these different features of this company and that tells you these are the companies I want. But mm -hmm. it also tells you anybody else who doesn't fit are companies I don't want because it's either going to be tough for me to get them to get results or they're not going to realize how, how beneficial it is. The problem is if we try to sell, if we try to force a square pig into a round, round hole, if we try to sell to somebody who's not a good fit for us, one of two bad things happens. One, we really force it and work hard and work hard and work hard. And then they eventually realize this is not a fit and they never buy, but you spent all this time trying to make it happen and all this stress and energy and maybe even money to try and do that. Or two, they do sign up, which actually I will venture is worse because once they get in, they're going to think, okay, well, this must work for me. He told me it's going to work and they get in and it doesn't work. So they think not, I'm not right for this. They think it's a bad solution. It's a bad system or they're a bad agency. And so I'm just going to tell the world that they're terrible. And so you're going to have other people, some of your customers telling other people that this is not a good company. That's not good. So the best way to do it is to understand exactly who's perfect for you, sell only to them. And as soon as somebody is not a fit, let them know. And it's totally okay to say, hey, you know what? I just realized based on this and this, I don't think we can help you. But what you can do there is get them some help somehow. Yep. So understand where are those avenues for certain people based on where they're not a fit and say, we're not a fit because of this or this. But there's somebody I'm going to introduce you to, and they take care of companies just like you. And I think they're going to be great. Let me introduce you. Here's Mike. Boom, boom, boom. The cool thing about that is, of course, you're helping them. But also, you know, if you want, you can set up a lead sharing relationship and talk with the other companies and say, hey, there's certain companies that we don't work with. You guys work with these. Great. Okay, cool. We'll send them your way. By the way, if there's any of these that come your way, send them over to us. You can create some really cool throw leads over the fence relationships with certain other companies. That means you will actually get more leads in your ICP that do fit. 
And one of the neat things about this, Aaron, I've done this and practiced this once I learned it because I went the hard way, the wrong way first and it sucked. Uh, but once I got this down, what's pretty crazy is you start getting leads from prospects that you turned away because they weren't a fit. What happens in their mind is if you said somebody, you know what, I'm just not, I'm not the right fit for you. Let me get you somebody who is. Well, guess what? Their level of trust on you skyrockets mm -hmm. and they realize he wasn't just trying to sell me on anything. He was actually trying to help me and realized he couldn't, which means that they're going to tell other people say, Hey, you know what? I wasn't a good fit, but you might be a good fit. You should go talk to Aaron because he's really honest, really great. And I think he'll help you. It's really cool. What happens? I've gotten lots of leads from customers or prospects rather that I've turned away who eventually sent other people to me. It's a great lesson and, and, and shows that, you know, I think salespeople often have, have a, a bad reputation, but recognizing, you know, the, there's an eth ethical and honest way of doing sales as well that could help you out in the long run, for sure. Absolutely. And that sales reputation, I'm trying to change, but uh, there's a lot of people out there doing some bad stuff. Sure. Um, so I know we said we were going to skip over the, uh, the attract stage of your, of your pillars, but, you know, we were talking about attracting the right ICP leads and all that. And I know on your website, you spoke about building a, a lead, gen, lead engine that's generating 300 inbound leads per month. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, some of the, the best strategies as, as you see them for, for lead generation for, for B2B SaaS. I mean, obviously every business is a little bit different. I'm biased towards paid ads, but what strategies do you like the most with, with the companies that you're working with? Yeah. So uh, excellent question. And one of the things that took me years and years to learn is there are actually 18 different ways to generate leads within the SaaS world. 18, 18. totally different methods. I know it's nuts. And just to give you an example, paid ads is one. That's just one of 18. That includes obviously Facebook, Google, Twitter, you can name them off better than I could. So that's all just one, which means there's 17 other ways. Now, you wouldn't want to do all 18. That would be a crazy lack of focus. It would be insane and nuts, even if you had awesome help like Aaron doing the stuff for you. But what you do want to do is identify what are the three, four, five, six different channels that fit for your company really well in terms mm -hmm. of what, what works for you, what your market would appreciate, where they live, what's your budget, all that and then implement those and keep working to optimize those. Get help from people who know what they're doing, get help from the experts who can take care of it for you, whether that's internal or external, and really optimize and get these things humming. And once you have five or six marketing channels that are feeding you leads like crazy, it's now just a part of scale. What you gotta do is just figure out your metrics. What's our lead cost per channel? Figure out how much are we charge, are getting charged per channel? What's our close rate? And mm -hmm. then I'll tell you, how much your, your CAC is, your customer acquisition cost, how much are you char being, uh, how much you spending rather for every customer you have. And then if it's a good number and your LTV is better, you can scale that channel. And that's how you get to 300. You don't immediately say like, I'm gonna get 300 leads tomorrow. It's, that was years of, of working on this and building it and building it and building it to get to that. Mm -hmm. But that, that is the exact way to do it. All right, so, so you speak about, you know, trying, you know, building, you know, five, five, six different different lead channels. Is your approach when, when people are getting started with that, you know, go try five or six different channels, you know, kind of figure out which ones have a little more, you know, traction and and invest more in those? Or is it, you know, figure out one, get it working and and and, and kind of uh, well-oiled and such, and then go on to the next one and just kind of hit one at a time and, and, and get them working fully? Or is it try, try a whole bunch at the same time and see what sticks? I think it's, kind of a blend of those. If okay. you're a startup, for example, I wouldn't want you doing six. 
Like let's let's do just start with three and let's just yeah. get those working. The reason I say that is because, for example, paid ads very quick. Like you can launch paid ads, start getting some leads very very quickly. Yep. Right. Whereas SEO, like if you go to an SEO agency and they tell you you're going to start getting leads within a month, run away because it takes a lot longer than that. It takes months and months. And the problem is a lot of companies are like, well, SEO is going to take too long. Let's not do it. Let's go to paid ads and they start doing that and start getting leads. It's great. But then they also realize as they get bigger that they need other sources. But the problem is they didn't start SEO already. And that's the whole ad. That's the whole adage of, hey, starting an SEO campaign would have been great a year ago, yeah. but it's not. So might as well start now. And that's kind of the idea. Some of them work great for now. Some are more long-term. And so yeah. let's implement some right now, get them rocking. And then as we go, as we get a little bit more depth on the team and more capability, we can kind of add channels and add channels. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. I'd probably recommend the same to anyone asked me. So perfect. Awesome. Um, awesome. We, we've covered a lot of sales related things. Um, I know there's been a ton of value and I've learned a lot. Um, let's jump into our lightning round. A couple of quick questions, quick answers, and, and we'll wrap things up. Awesome. All right. So first question, um, what book would you recommend to our, our listeners? It could be a business book or a fiction book. Uh, oh, well, I, I got a lot, but the challenger sale, I actually buy this book for all my new clients. It's called the challenger sale. Okay. And it's, it's these guys that did this uh, study figuring out the right way to sell. And it turned out that what everybody thought was the right way is the absolute wrong way, that being a relationship builder. And the mm -hmm. right way is to challenge and basically teach and, and control your customers a little bit more. Okay. Um, what's your favorite marketing or productivity tool right now? Ooh, uh, I th I th can I be like really basic and general and say Slack? Mm -hmm. Because my team is all over the world in okay. multiple different countries and Slack, I don't know what I would do without it. I hear that. I bet you a lot of people would feel exactly the same way. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And uh, who is your favorite marketing or business leader that you're learning from these days? Uh, there's a lot. I, I love, I'm on Twitter a lot. I'm on LinkedIn a lot. I follow a lot. But one that really kind of helped me, Russell Brunson, who is the CEO of ClickFunnels, is a super smart marketer. Now sure. I know a lot of people might say, oh, he's got kind of some of those weird pushy tactics, but he's just so genius in the way that he shares value. Like the best thing that he does is he shares a ton of value and that gets people to believe in him and trust him and want to work with him. And so that would be the one for me. Okay. And uh, where can listeners go to learn more about you and connect with you? Sure. So uh, I'm active on LinkedIn and Twitter, Matt Wallach, or you can go to mattwallach.com, M-A-T-T-W-O-L-A-C-H. I've got also some free giveaways there. If you go to mattwallach.com, I have a free scorecard. You'll see it pop up and you can download and start tracking your own stats right there. Totally free. Okay. We'll definitely recommend that everybody go check that out. Um, awesome. Well, Matt, I really appreciate the, the time and, and the wisdom that you shared with us. I know I learned a lot. I'm sure the listeners are learning a lot. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today. It was awesome, Aaron. Thanks so much for having me. The SaaS Marketing Superstars podcast is brought to you by Xamarin Digital Marketing. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Thanks again.